0: Hello everyone, welcome to Langstaff Assembly Podcast. My name is Yaneli Joyce and I'm your host for this episode. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that this message encourages you and that it draws you near to God. I have a question that I want each one of you to think about this morning and it's really been a burden on my heart. I actually spoke on a version of this message not too long ago, but the question is this. What does my love look like? And I want you to think about it. What does my love look like? I asked, uh, I'm in the restaurant here right now, so it's nice and quiet Sunday. We don't open on Sundays, so it's a nice place for me to come on a Sunday morning. But I asked the. Uh, I asked some of my staff the other day. We have about 100. I went from four kids to 100 kids in a matter of a couple of weeks. Um because the majority of them are under 20 years old and they're all a whole bunch of kids. But I asked them the one day, uh, well, I overheard them talking about personalities of people as seen in a type of dog. I said, oh, so if you're gonna say who I am, who am I? What kind of dog am I? And they said, "Oh, well, we'll have to think about it. And then they came back and they said, you're, you're a bulldog. I'm like, a bulldog? Why a bulldog? Well, cause you're really gruff on the outside but you're really nice inside. <laughs> so it made me think a little bit about what does my love look like? Do I look like a bulldog? Does my love to others look like that? What does my love look like? So it, it really was, it came from a message that I listened to from a missionary named Nate Branson, or Bramson, and if you have a chance to, to listen to him, maybe for your missionary conference, be a great guy to have. Um, I listened to him at Lombard gospel chapel where Trevor goes in Chicago and he started his message like this. Do you really have a love for the lost? So he waited a bit for the whole congregation to respond and, and everybody responded with yes, the whole congregation. And he said, okay. So now I'm going to ask the question again, and I want you to respond, but you cannot use your tongue. Do you have a love for the lost? Now that makes you think, doesn't it? I can say that I do. But do I really live my life showing to others that I have a love? for the lost, I think it would change me. I, I think it would change everything if it wasn't just words, but if it was reality. And that nice that's inside be, changed the bulldog outside to actually show the love that I have. And, and it, it has challenged me to think in other ways. So first of all, um, I, I wanna think of it in three ways. And, and the first one is this, do I really love Christ? Now, I think we can all say with a resounding yes. I heard some of you speak this morning. I heard some of you pray. I heard some of you talk to the Lord. And yes, we love him. We just sang at the beginning, in Christ alone, my hope is found. In a sense, we're saying, yes, he is everything. He's the one I love. He's, it's all about him. Okay, now you can't use your tongue. What's your love to Christ look like? You know, I thought of it in another way, and that is this. Do I really have a love for believers? I can come on this morning, and I love it. I see so many many of your cameras on. Yeah, I'm used to maybe three or four cameras, and everybody else just their name. But I can say, and you can say this morning, that we love one another what happens in my mind five minutes from now? What happens tomorrow when I'm talking to somebody else? What happens tomorrow when I call Tim and how you doing? And he said, yeah, you know what? Can you believe it, what happened? And then I call Irving and John, you know what? It's just... Or is there a true love that's shown? And I think that's something we can look at. And then the final one I wanna look at today is Do I have a love for the lost? And uh, I think we've already touched a little bit on that. So let's think of my love for Christ. Um, I'm going to read Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. And uh, I'm going to read it in the the New Living Translation this morning. um, Just because I've been reading through it. And it kind of just spoke to me the other day as I was looking on it. And it says in Galatians 2 and 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As I thought of my love for Christ, And what it should look like, and what others should see in me of my love for Christ, I couldn't separate it from his love for me. I I love that hymn at the beginning In Christ Alone My Hope Is Found. I I love what Tim said on "On Christ, the solid rock I stand. My love for him is 100% based on his love for me. I think all of us in whether you're building something um, or whether you're starting a new project, what you want is that super solid foundation. You want something that you can build off of. I think as far as the assembly is concerned, a local church, there needs to be that clear vision. There needs to be a, a firm foundation that we can build on that we move forward with. And as I think of my love for Christ, we have a firm foundation. You know what that is? His love for me. You see, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And isn't it amazing to think that I have Christ living in me with this solid foundation that I could never doubt his love. His love is perfect. His love is sure. And it's the fundamental thing for any Christian. Brothers and sisters, this morning, I would just love for you to get your eyes on Christ. And the more my eyes are on him, what's that going to do? That's going to produce in me love for him. Because I'm going to realize who he is. And I'm going to be able to understand that a little bit more. You see, it shouldn't be difficult to do that. If my eyes are fixed on Christ, and in, in reality, I can say in Christ alone, my hope is found. I remember t- Isaac Harvey one day, he, was, he gave out this hymn and he was getting up and how it was one similar to that, in Christ alone, my hope is found. He was going on about how great that. And I said, Isaac, is that true? Did you just lie? Did you really say that in Christ alone, my hope is found? And you sang that? And it was true, or is it not? How did this week go? Was it true? My love for Christ should be true. And it shouldn't be that hard because of his love for me. You see, his love is perfect, and mine is not. You know, I've looked at some of the kids in, in my family, and they've they've... One is dating and one's married, and and you see that at the beginning of that, those relationships, everything is just wonderful. Like there are eyes that are just wide open and they're so twinkly, and everything is great. And then all of a sudden, like there's a little clash comes in. Why? Because our love isn't perfect. To some degree, our love is conditional. And when it's not reciprocated, it's hard. You know that Christ wants me to love him and his love is 100% perfect. And how come it's so hard for me to show him my love? Um, You see, God gave his son. But then the Lord Jesus gave himself for me. That's just something that I can't really understand. And as a believer, it's it's no longer me who's living, but it's Christ that lives in me. And I should appreciate that. I should come to understand that and, and really value what that means. It should produce in me a love for him that's so real that I never need to speak a word. on uh well sunday nights we have a small group for sort of college and career age kids and uh well i guess they're adults now but we try and work with those on a sunday night and we've been going through the book by john piper don't waste your life there's one thing that kind of really stuck out to me the other week when we were looking at it and that is that we preach john three don't we um for god so loved the world that he gave his his only son he sent his son and all who believe in him have eternal life everlasting life we preach that and and we preach it to to children we preach it to adults and and, and we say the reason why you need salvation is because you're going to hell and you preach this escape hatch from hell and what's the present you get eternal life you get to live forever, and it's something that is existing with God forever, and we have this kind of idea of what eternal life is, and we will say, yeah, it starts now, but it's forever, and it's something that God is giving you forever. Is that really what eternal life is all about? Is it just that Jesus loved me, gave his life for me? I trust him. I'm going to be in heaven. Well, I was reading John 17, because that's what, that's what this book directed me to. Can I tell you what eternal life is? Verse 3 of John 17 says, just listen to it. Don't even look for it. Just listen clearly. It says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What's eternal life, escape hatch from hell, that I'm gonna be in heaven forever? Eternal life is that I might know God and that I might know his son, the Lord Jesus, who was sent by God. Isn't that amazing? Let's forget about the present so much that he's given us that we'll be in heaven forever. And let's just think of what eternal life really is. It's a relationship with God and his son. And the two need to be married together and they can't be separated. Eternal life is knowing God. How much time have I spent this week knowing God? How much time have I spent selling chicken sandwiches? Way too much. How much more do I know God today and his son? And am I glorifying them in everything that I do so that when people look at me, what does his love look like? It's a love for Christ that's true, that's real. That he never had to say a word this week. But I know that John loves his Father in heaven. I know for sure that he loves the Son of God who went to the cross of Calvary. That is my Savior, that's the one that every day I need to know more and more and more. What does your love look like? Did you get through the week? Say, no one ever asked me about if if I was a Christian. I made it. Or have people been so impressed with your Savior Because he has shone through you this week. That they want to know him. They want to have eternal life. Which is knowing God and his son. And that is forever. And that is just so amazing. My time is is going along quickly. So I'm not going to get to to all the details. But let's just think really quickly. About my love for believers. You see. I think it's really important, my love for the lost. And I got to tell you, I love the gospel. I love, I love sharing Christ with, with people who do not know him. That's why I went to Nicaragua and I love it. One of my favorite people and friends is Mark Bockert. I talk to him almost every day. You know what I love about Mark? Mark has a love for the lost like no one else I know. Honestly, There is no one that I know. Sam's sitting there looking into the camera, and I think he could agree with me. There's no one that loves the lost like Mark. What's your love look like for the lost? But if I'm going to love the lost, I need to love Christ. And I need to love those that he has purchased. I need to love believers. Because if I don't love Christ, and it's not evident of my love for other believers, how can I ever go tell others about Christ? As I was thinking of that, we can go to John, First John, chapter four. I, I love it, and I've, I was reading through First John recently. And if you go through First John and you come to chapter four, um, it speaks about God is love, doesn't it? It tells us that that he is love. And we often focus on him and his love and his perfect love and the fact that he not only loves us, but he is love. But if you look at verse 7 and onward, it said, Beloved, let us love one another, for God is love, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So right in this... In this thought that God is love, and and we focus on that, and maybe in your Bible, you've got God is love written there. And you've maybe had a little note about it it is love, not that he shows love, and you have all of that, but it says before that, let us love one another. How's that going? How's that going for you? Yeah, I haven't been to Langstaff for For two years. I I really don't know. It could be just a beautiful situation or it could be terrible. I don't know because all I can see is a whole bunch of really nice faces on Zoom. But if I was to go and knock on the door just across the street there on Pleasant Ridge. I have a couple of questions for you. I would like you to tell me what the believers, the who that the believers the people that meet in that little church across the road what does their love look like i don't know they come in they leave they're gone they never talk to one another wow hey, they have such a sense of community that they come early they leave late they're there together life is a community of believers that's so united there is something about them that I don't understand, but I can see. What is it like? What does your love look like? If we uh, if we jump down to verse eleven, it says, "Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another." We can continue down, and if you get down to verse 19, it, it says, there is no fear in love. Uh, verse 18, verse 19, we love because he first loved us. You see, that is the real sense of the thing. We love because he first loved us now I have quoted that verse so many times in a in maybe a breaking of bread meeting where I have said we love him because he first loved us you know that verse does not say that we love him because he first loved us it says we love Because he first loved us. In this particular context, the love of God is absolutely perfect. But the teaching that we have here is my love for you. My love for other believers. My love for the believers in Clearview. My love for the believers that work with me right in this restaurant. And this verse is telling me that I love, period. Because he first loved me. Now, maybe I just lived 50 years and never saw that. But it really changed my thinking the other day. It's not so much that I love him. But I need to love. And I need to show love. On this basis. That he loved. See, John 3.16 tells me that God loved the world. Verse 11 here tells us that God is love, and and we have that responsibility to love one another. Verse 19, verse 21 says, um, it it commands whoever loves God must love his brother. What, What does verse 21 say? It says, and this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So, it's not optional. That doesn't mean there's a few of you that I can love and the other ones I don't have to love. That doesn't mean that the real annoying person I can't, I don't have to love because I love the rest of them. So, you know, if it's 80%, that's pretty good. No, this is a command from God whoever loves God must love his brother. It's an absolute must, but I think it should come from a heart that's understood a little bit of who God is. It should come from one that has eternal life. And what is eternal life? That I might know God and his son, Jesus Christ. If my focus is there, the bulldog is going to go away. And that love that's inside is going to come out and others are going to see. And it's going to have a positive impact. And it's going to change lives. And you know what I'm going to be able to do? I'm going to be able to read someone John 3.16. And I'm going to be able to say this. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. If you believe in him, you're going to have eternal life. Can I tell you a little bit about what eternal life is to me? I know God. And I know his son. And I know him so well because he went to a cross out of love to me. And I've spent the last 30 years getting to know him more and more and more. And the more I get to know him, the more I get to understand who his father is. And I I just get to understand that relationship between God and his son and, and how the Holy Spirit works into that, to deity and what it all is. And that love that I have for God and that I have for you, I will be able to show even without words to others. You know what would be the best thing to happen to all of us this week? Just to have someone come up to you and say this. You have something that has been displayed in your love for others that I don't understand But I would like, can you tell me what that is? Without speaking a word, that your love would look so strong that they will be able to see Christ in you. They will be able to see who God is. And we'll be able to put other things to one side. It's hard sometimes. It's difficult. But it is possible. And it is possible for you and I to just show God that we love him. It's possible for me to live my life showing believers that I love them. And it's possible for me to live my life showing the lost that I love them without ever saying a word. Hey, thank you so much for listening. What a privilege it was to share God's word with you today. We pray that you were fed, strengthened, and more equipped to run the race with perseverance. To listen to more podcasts like this, make sure to subscribe. For more content from Langstaff and to connect with us, go to langstaffassembly.com. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time.